Hey there, Shopping Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of Travel Edition of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave <laughs> in the guest room with the giant elk. <laughs> uh, Whoa, Rupert. why'd you save that for oh. that was a big surprise? Dave that's... moved out of the way and there was a giant deer head behind him. Yeah, yeah, that's an elk. My, uh, my, oh, an elk, yeah. Yeah, my, my father-in-law hunts. And so I'm coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. So Yeah, Mike in hand. That's yeah. the kind of dedication we like to see around here. You know, other podcasts might take a break, not us. You know, what I'm no, saying? no, other podcasts might take a break, and they might remember the little brass fitting that fits in their microphone. Uh, I did not, <laughs> and so uh, that is why the stand doesn't work, and so that is why I have to hold a microphone for about an hour. So, anyway, <laughs> so what's going on, Chris? How are you doing? Sell any blogs lately? <laughs> Yeah, pretty good. I guess you. We can't avoid talking about that a little bit. Um, not that I would want to. I'm just saying. You know, now that it, now it's public. You know, it, it reminds me of how like sometimes like the like the director of a movie. Not that I'm as fancy as a director of a movie, mind yeah, you. But let's say you made yeah, a documentary yeah. movie or something. As the director, you finish it like maybe like two years before it is super done and you go on the tour or book writers, you know, and they go on the tour and they're like, I'm like halfway through my next book. My, my you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Th- that's yeah. not, that's not quite the case here. Cause this actually moved pretty quickly, but like some of the biggest moments of like signing paperwork and all those really exciting things involved in selling CSS tricks in case you're unclear what we're talking about here had already gone down by the time that the public day comes around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the public day is sort of almost towards the end of the whole process of like, yeah, indeed. Like it's a done deal. Like everything that could, uh, you know, the, like the big stuff, like the, you know, I mean, I can't, I'm not talking about financials ever publicly during this, but like yeah. that, that part already happens. And like the domain name is, moved and the you know like any, any, all the big everything. stuff is is kind of already done that's pretty exciting you know on the public announcement day we're all like ready to go you know because you line up all this stuff to be ready like the blog post has to go first and then this goes and then this goes and you'll notice like changes to the to the website i mean even the logo in the top left says DigitalOcean powered or CSS <laughs> tricks powered by DigitalOcean now i think it looks nice up there but that took some planning and stuff to get all ready to go to press the button on the day you know yeah wow well cool man so 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 digital ocean bought digital ocean so yeah i mean i think that's to me this is dave outsider but like like that seems i don't know i mean it's surprising but it also seems like a good fit doesn't it i mean like like they've like had they have a lot of good content hold on something's printing i think um (laughs) That'll happen, you know? Sort of on location. There's probably an email your uncle needs to read. Yeah. That's a normal <laughs> normal thing. Nope. I think it just likes to get juiced up a bit. Okay. so Yeah, it likes to stretch its legs. Old printers. Stretch, stretch its toner. That's a big thing, though. This is not the first website acquisition like this for DigitalOcean. So I knew they were kind of in the in that world. And it makes a lot of sense to me I, uh, when apps invest heavily in the educational space when they sell a developer product, because I think it like does a good job of of kind of warming developers' hearts and minds, you know, when they provide high quality content and then and then you're right on their website that, you know, <laughs> 
sells other things that you need as a developer. I just think it's it's great. You know, it makes sense to have this kind of perfect synergy like that. That's why I was stoked about it. I was like, I just think I, uh, they want it for all the the right reasons, and they have all this like evidence that they can take care of it. So the decision for me was was clear in that way. Like, yeah, because I mean, like they have a lot of whatever, like how to set up rails on your droplet or whatever content. Uh, and so this seems sort of like in line with the tutorialized content, right? That's what everybody tells me. I'm not much of a back end guy, but you are. Everybody's like, that's where you land for back endy stuff that like how to install node 18 on a Ubuntu on a docker on a thing kind of thing it's like that's where you're gonna land and people and it's highly regarded for that type of content but more perhaps more focused on back endy stuff than front endy stuff so now i can help you with the front endy stuff nice yeah no it's one-stop shop now so so that's cool so i guess like do you i mean you don't want to talk about financials obviously but like is it was it was it something like digital ocean was just like we want to like get more into the content game. And so like you came on their radar or I know you probably have advertised with them and stuff before where they just like looking at their potential ad spend and we're like, maybe we should just buy this or something or, you know, do you even know? Maybe like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I have a, like I wasn't in their internal meetings deciding whether, of course, you know, right. because it's a, because it's a game at first, you know, acquisitions are a little, you know, you don't show all your cards or whatever, but yeah, but they did, they were clear that like, while they have investment, you know, they have massive, I don't know if you call it VC at their scale, but you know. They mm-hmm. have money because, and then part of the job is to spend that money for growth, you know? So that makes sense in a way. Yeah. And yeah. have done a bunch of successful acquisitions already so that they have some of that stuff under their belt and know how it goes and know how to execute them. But they're also like clearly a a, a top of funnel self-service style host. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. that's where the customers come from is like, boop sign up a droplet booper sign up an app platform or whatever rather than having this massive sales team that's going out trying to land enterprise contracts or whatever but because they've already picked that road and again i don't speak for their corporate strategy or anything but that's what this is what they say and what they mean and what is clearly evident by looking at the business yeah yeah, that that top of funnel stuff is important. And, and where does the top of funnel come from? Like SEO and stuff. Right. Like, right. You know, the kind of you're even organic traffic, just people sharing links and whatever, you know, yeah. just like this was helpful and I'm sharing it. So and they have a team. I mean, our team was me and Jeff. High five, Jeff, who like, you know, was really instrumental in running the publication schedule and working with authors and doing really tight technical editing and helping wrangle sponsors and making sure that content train was working or instrumental to making the site work, but was part-time and one dude. Mm -hmm. And Robin wrote the newsletter and wrote once in a while there, which is important because the newsletter is part of the the overall train, but it's kind of basically just the three of us at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like, kind of whatever, (laughs) three people in a a trench coat. So (laughs) So what I could do is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just 
reinvest way more in this. Maybe I'll see if I can get Jeff full time. Maybe I'll see if I can hire five more people. You know, we used to have a kind of a staff writer concept that kind of, it didn't fall apart. It just ended up being just like, it's actually easier if we just like treat all authors the same and you can be a staff writer, just write more. (laughs) Right. The way to to be a staff writer is writing. Write a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to invite you to the Slack or whatever after five, maybe, or I don't know. It just never really came to that. You know, that's what I didn't do. I didn't like take every opportunity to reinvest in the overall business of the site. In a fact, because I don't know that it was maxed out, but like a little bit, if you're trying to juice every dollar from a site like CSS Tricks, there's not infinite paths to travel down. There's like ads and sponsorship. Then there's like, maybe you can really nail a job board, although I've already failed at that once. So maybe it wasn't top of mind for me. There's like sell educational stuff. And we failed at that kind of once with the lodge thing. It wasn't a failure. It just was, it didn't feel right at the end. I ended up making it all free. And then our second go round at that CSS tricks, I called the MVP supporter program, which was just 20 bucks a year. And I intentionally made it cheap so that I didn't feel so guilty. It wasn't this very expensive product that I felt like I needed to constantly produce new material for. In fact, Mm -hmm. a little bit like this show's Patreon, you know, it's like we don't offer the moon, you know, you just are here to support the show and be in the Patreon pretty much because I have overpromised in the past and it like it makes me feel guilty and weird and I don't like it. No, I like it's the like kind of curse of having customers sort of like like you're like, OK, I'll turn this thing and now everyone pays me seven dollars and then you're like wait a minute now everyone's sending me tech support issues Uh oh wait a minute like now i gotta keep providing value for these seven dollars you know so yeah i think there's like and if you're like scott tolinsky or whatever and that's your whole job on earth is having customers and cranking out good stuff for them or you already have this massive hive of stuff that is clearly valuable and you just have no problem sleeping at night because you've you're selling a a huge pile of product or something that's awesome i don't have that and i don't necessarily want to go there because you know how i actually spend my day and time working on code pen because it's my main big beefy project so that was the thing is it's not that i'm scared to invest in css tricks it's that i don't have the time i was gonna say yeah like like can you, I, I kind of know just cause I have like behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. access. Uh, but like, can you give us a sense of like how much time CSS tricks, like how much time were you putting into CSS tricks? Like in a week, like, could you quantify it or could you like, like, it was tricky. Cause I don't like, I very intentionally don't track hours cause somehow it's the most like abhorrent thing in the world to me to I'm ask me 100% to press a button with you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. hundred <laughs> percent with you, but yeah. But I, you know, it was definitely less than half, you know, and probably I always, I always kind of told myself that it was like a third or a quarter or something on CSS tricks. And if I ever got higher, I would just start shelling stuff off to Jeff more. I'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah. I can't do it. You know, you, you deal with all this, but it would grow and it would, you know, there was a little bit of roller coastering and at, at really heavy times in a heavy times, meaning mostly sponsorship heavy, 
Meaning like, okay, because I had these like deals with Automatic and Netlify and Flywheel and uh, uh, other companies that would, the deal was, well, you know, do X stuff per month for us. So it's, it's like put an ad up, maybe a sponsored content post sort yep, of thing. Newsletter spot. Newsletter spot. Um, mm-hmm. Could and, be and, display ads, could be all kinds of different stuff. There was probably, you know, 10 different miniature products, you know, and then some like social media implications to all that and, and whatever. And so, and that, you know, for lots of different companies. So that train was a lot and the, the worst of it, not the worst, but like just busiest and like, oh my God, kind of moments where it's not for the love of publishing a CSS trick that day, I wake up and I have, oh, shoot, I forgot. There's a sponsored post I have to write, and we got to get this draft together, and these four authors are waiting for edits, and there's just stuff, 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 stuff. Not all of it, like, my favorite, especially after, like, you know, 15 years of that. Not that all 15 years were exactly like that, but a slow ramping up of that. So, you're, I mean, your original question is about time. You know, there was probably some weeks where it was 50% of my time because it was so hot and heavy. Like, a lot of stuff landed at once. And Yeah, because, I mean, I know through this show, you know, just like an ad, you think, like, we create a space a little rectangle on the website or a little, you know, two minute block on the the podcast and there that's done. And then we just fill it with the ad, and it's done. But like, there's actually like a big back and forth, you know, so sometimes we have to send previews and, you know, and and there's all this sort of, there's a bit of a dance that happens every single time. And so that's, you know, not a one email thing. It's like a a five to 10 email situation every time there's emails and there's, and there's not just one thing going on. It's it's never like isolated to one spot because you're always like in the early stages of some sponsored spots, finishing and publishing some and planning ahead towards other ones. So you yeah. feel like you're in and out of 15, 20 sponsored things per week. And it's so like, in- my gosh. And that's the, the that that's hard to scale. You, you can't just double it to 40 because those things like go in spots. Like we can't just decide at Chop Talk Show to run eight spots. We can, but none of y'all would listen because that would be the worst podcast ever, you know? So the yeah. answer to scaling a podcast is, I don't know, make more of them, publish more of them per week, you know? And all of that is, it's doable, but it's just more time. And again, I'm trying to put the time at CodePen. I have a co-founder, Alex, there. Who who doesn't do as many side projects as I did, and he knows this because CSS Tricks existed before CodePen ever even did. Yeah, Shop yeah, Talk yeah. Show started at about the same time. The, these two things were instrumental in the starting and growing of CodePen, but now this far in, it's more about me and the business of that than it is about growing CodePen anymore. So I think I thought the kind of the fair thing to do was to was to set those things down. You know, some mutualness like like running a blog and ad sponsored blog, like a lot of it, it ends up being ad work or, you know, or you're taking a bunch of submissions and stuff like that. So now you're like doing a bunch of editing and a bunch of, you're actually like kind of get out of the writing business, you know, because you're like, it's all this editing, all this approving, all this um, stuff. And then, but like you move it to something like digital, now that digital ocean owns CSS tricks, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you could imagine like ads, 
maybe go away. I don't know. But just just because they're going to sell their own thing, like like so it just sort of gets easier for them, you know, right. like, and that's on like, them to, to, to figure out. But I think that that's, you know, who, who knows exactly what they'll do, but at least it'll be toned down, you know, sure, or, sure. if not totally eliminated. And I don't know. I can't speak for them on that because they they literally own the site now. Yeah. Uh, but they have a team, you know, like this community site that they run is like very good for, for one thing. And you know what it takes to run that? A bunch of people. They hire for it. They staff for it. They have their own program for guest writing. They have all this stuff. So our scraggly team, which I didn't have the time to invest in more, now just like that's what's extra cool about it to me. And I know that sounds like blowing smoke because you're like, oh, the new people have more money to invest in a thing. And it's just that's what everybody says. But like I've met the people. They're literally human beings behind <laughs> this now in a way that I, I just couldn't have done before. So that to me is like super go. You know? I mean, one is an AI. One is just a complete, <laughs> just an actual AI that produces content. But, but the rest of the people are great. This episode of Shop Talk Show brought to you in part by Jetpack. Jetpack's a plugin for your WordPress site. It gives it all kinds of extra super cool abilities, many of which are powered by the idea that it would be nice to offload a bunch of work to a cloud server instead of your server, which you're probably, you know, you're probably on some shared hosting to make it more affordable for yourself. I am. All my sites are. You know, that's what keeps computing uh, you know, more affordable these days. And all WordPress runs perfectly great and fine on most shared hosting, you know? But there's some stuff that's just particularly taxing for a web server that's, you know, busy running PHP and MySQL and all that stuff. Uh, you know, stuff like site search, you know? default WordPress search, not even that great, really. You type in some search terms and executes. And of course, it needs to go through PHP and it needs to execute an SQL query against all the content on your site. It can be a particularly heavy thing to do. Honestly, SQL isn't even that good of technology to do it on. There are better search technologies like Elasticsearch. Well, guess what? You flip a switch in Jetpack, your content, which, you know, kind of gets synced up to the cloud, gets put into Elasticsearch, and you don't even need to know this. You know, it just doesn't even matter. What happens to you is that all of a sudden the search experience on your site is now great instead of kind of bad and it doesn't tax your server at all because all of a sudden better search technologies are being used it's all happening in the cloud way better in that way it's the same thing with the backups the backups happen in the cloud it's the same thing with you know your images they're in the cloud now they get you know uploaded to a CDN and handled that way. It's the same way even with something like related posts, which can be, you know, there's some shared host that say you can't even use those plugins. They're so taxing on the database of the site. Not with Jetpack. It all happens in the cloud for you. So cool. Thanks for the support, Jetpack. So you'd mentioned like, you know, this, this big chunk of your time, 30% or something, you know, is now gone. What are you going to do with all this time and or money? How are you, are you going to reinvest <laughs> it? Are you going to steal it? Are you just going <laughs> to like, just, it's not retirement yacht money. 
you know, I mean, right. uh, whatever. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to talk about that, but uh, not, that's not my personality anyway, is to just be like, well, I'm done. It, that life doesn't, isn't going to change at all, practically. At that little chunk of time I get back, sure, it'll be a nice little breath of fresh air to focus. It's just all going to immediately go 100% to CodePen. It's a bigger enterprise, and I'm like, like very excited about what we're working on there and have been for a long time, but that's just, you know, a story for another day, I guess. But like, that's the, that's the thing that I'm working on that I think has more impact on the industry than CSS Tricks did. And I got an outpouring of positive messages from people when that thing went public. And just thank you so much for everyone who choose to share little stories and stuff like that and how important was them coming up. But I don't know that I, I, I still think even now CodePen has a bigger impact on the industry. They just don't like know it's me anymore. Like my face isn't like attached to CodePen like it is to CSS tricks. You have to like click down to the about page if you ever even care to do that. But there's all these kids not even kids, but just metaphorical kids coming to the industry, learning stuff where CodePen is like part of the curriculum or it's the editor they choose to do stuff in or they land on it when they're finding examples and stuff. There's way more examples of how to do stuff on CodePen than there is on CSS tricks, you know? Yeah. I think it has a more of an impact on the industry and I, I just am excited about that. I want to see that through and see it's that's potential through, you know? So my life change wise i don't know maybe i'll buy a camper van i've been looking at them but oh buddy we got i got some recommendations okay (laughs) i looked at campers this week so um but yeah no that's well that could be cool man so just kind of go over landing um yeah sorry side note my youtubes are so messed up i'm now getting recommended videos where people buy old military vehicles and (laughs) convert them into overland campers anyway so if you want to talk about that i got a <laughs> real i got a hot lead on a, a mercedes r cross in in nice uh, latvia so we're gonna, yeah i was so. just looking at weird conversions that have six wheels you know this morning yeah, I was like, six oh, wheel. yeah. my um, plan on going off-road is very not happening maybe. right right well, that's cool, man. Well, congratulations. I know like it's been a big, yeah, thanks. It doesn't have to be the last time we talk about it. There's probably more de- if you have any more questions or anything or, or if other pe- people out there do too. I, what I wanted to avoid was like glossing it over with that, you know, kind of like this is the, I, I don't know. I just didn't want to say cliche, boring stuff. And now I feel like now that I have, I'm like, I'm like feeling like that's what I'm saying, but, but you got, so did you put like, successful exits on your like Twitter bio, you know, like how all those <laughs> dudes do that. Did you do that? No, not yet. No, but I, I, I did change all the, you know, I changed stuff right away. In fact, I, I even like pushed out a really basic redesign of my personal website, like this morning, just like, oh, really? I'm going to blap that out just because I wanted to change some of the language and then I can't help, but just do the whole thing. And, Oh, Hey, look, ultra yellow, man. This, this is good. <laughs> I like it. I like this vibe. That's fun. Yeah, I'm still going to work on it, but I just wanted to, to change some of the stuff there. Over here, just hitting the publish button. Oh, I, know. I had to I, I spin up the dev environment for the first time in a while. It's still on CodeKit. And I was like, you know oh. what? Super don't regret it. Really? <laughs> it works? Yeah. I guess yeah, it works. really getting, getting it done without me being like, oh, no, what did I even do? Is it like grunt or something? I can't even remember, you know? <laughs> 
That's but actually... no, I really was really pleased to discover it was still on CodeKit because it took zero seconds to to get back going, you know? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So yeah, I guess it's the only other question I'd have, like like selling a company, right? Like is like, let's say somebody knocks on the door to buy a Dave Rupert uh, LLC or DaveRupert.com. Yeah. Like is it, which is obviously an industry leading blog, so... Whoever wants to buy that is super welcome. Nellify. What do you need to know? I guess to do that, like, is it is it just like I know you had to like show like profit and loss, and then there's like some formula, right? Like, it's that number times five or something, right? So, or, I, you know, they have to. There's a there there is a a a dance of of offers and such that happens, and how that goes, I think, is different for every acquisition probably yeah i i I just i have to be careful about what i say and don't and i don't really know where the line is so i'm just gonna be extra careful i guess on that but like i gave them pretty much anything they wanted to see because i'm that kind of dude i'm not very um conservative with that like you want to see my analytics here you go you can look at whatever you want i'm not going to be like here's this little subset pdf that i'm okaying that you look at you know, right. I would share that stuff with anybody. I publish blog posts about our analytics kind of situation and, and stuff. So that matters. But how some other company decides to value your company is kind of like both of your business. Like it's important to them. It's like very important to them because they're about to spend money on your company and it better be worth it. They better have some internal calculation. But I don't think they were valuing it the exact same way that I would. My The way I value it is very straightforward. How much money does it make? Got it. That's the value of it <laughs> to me. That's a pretty then. good value. right? And yeah. they know that's how I think of it. So the, whatever number they throw out has to be aligned with that, you know? Right, right. It has to be like, you know, it can't be like six months of revenue because I'll be like, why don't I keep it for seven months then? And now I'm ahead. Yeah, you know? I could let it coast for seven months. So yeah. <laughs> I could yeah. just do nothing on it for yeah, seven really. months. Yeah, really. You kind of could. You know? I mean, more or less, right? But Yeah, you could stop doing anything that takes work, just run display ads only. I mean, not that I was ever going to do that, but... No, yeah, no, you could just, you could coast it for cash. So in a way, I have to have numbers in my head of how I value it, and they have their own numbers in their heads about how they value it, and hopefully those things are are aligned. And they were, and they were. But we, you do that early, you know. It's not like you do six months of work and then you start talking about if you're in this, you know, same ballpark. Those ballpark discussions happen right up front. Yeah, I think that's just my mentality. Just like. You know, I don't know, over the years, like people have attempted to like hire me or whatever, you know, and, you know, I'm very committed to Paravel, but it's just like, if, if you, if you ain't talking money, you ain't talking sense because I just need you to tell me what, like, tell me the number. Cause that's going to be the ultimate deciding factor before I would ever approach any kind of other sort of negotiation, you know, like I, I yeah. can't spend a month talking to you and then doing, and then getting into the numbers. So that would be counterproductive. No. So. Yeah. It's a waste of time. That's why, I don't know if I was on Tinder, I'd put my height and weight on there. Cause I don't want you to show up to the, the corner bar and turn around <laughs> before you walk in the door. Cause yeah, you're a little you disappointed get, at what you saw there. You know, you get the, uh, you get the obvious metrics out. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Not tall. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> that was cool though. And I worked with, um, you know, everybody I worked with was so such a straight shooter. You know, it's nice that there's no, there just wasn't any like any. I don't know. It just was so smooth, you know? It's like they needed something. They just used their language and <laughs> asked for it. And I was like, okay. It wasn't roundabout. wasn't like kind of couched or whatever. It was just pretty matter of fact. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so extra high five to Nas and Sydney or the two people I worked with. There's a whole team of people I worked with, but the, the emails really flew with those two were the kind of the leads on everything that went down. And I just have like tremendous respect for them and everybody there about how, how smooth it went. Really, it was pretty sweet. Well, cool. Well, again, congratulations, man. Big, big changes. Big changes. Yeah, big changes indeed. And it's not, yeah, that was a big question is like, are you still running it then? And it's like, no, I'm I'm a contractor actually officially at DigitalOcean for a while and can help with absolutely anything they need because it's in everybody's best interest that this is super smooth and the site just continues to be awesome, you know? And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that's, that's the case. So, you know. I can push code to it. I I can publish stuff. I you know I'm got all that stuff going on. I'm gonna make sure it's as good as it possibly can be. Well, and, and there's got to be a time, right? Like it's it, there's a transition probably from your process to their process, you know. And yeah, they actually have a a good process. I think you're saying and just already established way of contributing and stuff like that. And so like they, yeah, and it's a little more grown up, frankly, which I don't mind. We were kind of shooting at the hip for a long time in our life. For example, you like sign a author contract that's pretty straightforward when you write for DigitalOcean that just establishes the proper like legal boundaries of content. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's smart and good. And you should sign that. And everybody should feel good about signing that document. You know, it's like yeah. not a big deal. But I just I never did that. And uh, it's fine because it's uh, not the end of the world. But that's an example. They pay more money than we ever did for writers that's kind of good you know they have a staff and a process that's perhaps you know just as or more refined than ours ever was so that's pretty cool they always think of themselves as you know what i'll talk about is this big company you know and they do have some like some degree of like minor red tape on things you know but it's all like really reasonable and smart like because security matters because process matters and because yeah. people need to be looped in, none of it seemed over the top to me. It also yeah. seemed like, yeah, you're not that big of a company, you know, like this is all this yeah, stuff yeah, is yeah. perfectly fine. Well, yeah, no, yeah, that's cool. I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, like you're saying, it's a, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants, but now it's kind of in a very, I don't know, just has an established process. But as it translates process, I think, you know, you, your system of publishing content and editing and stuff might not align to them or, but you can, y'all can inform each other's process and, and you can maybe like get kind of, I don't know, get people or whatever, get the content wheel going, you know, for them. The more I grow up, the more I appreciate a a grown up process, you know, like a more like, yeah, that's how an adult would do it. looks good to me. Yeah. There's some, Yeah. Sometimes it's too grown up, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> I was thinking of some things just to wrap coding and stuff into it a little bit. Cause you have to, I have to share a lot of 
knowledge about how the site works and our processes mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, you know, they can they can change whatever they want, but they need to know how it works right away. So I'm working on stuff like a, you know, systems architecture diagram and, and stuff like that. Not that the site is that complicated. It's a WordPress website, pretty straight out of the box. But still, you know, a lot of ingrained knowledge that lives in my head that needs to be really clearly documented and stuff. And then publication flow is is different too. Like just because it's a WordPress website, well, it's you know we're in the block editor days, so there's blocks to know about, and there's you know the fact that our posts have featured images on them and can have metadata in special ways, and need to have a a break for where the excerpt goes, and just stuff to know about that. You know, the, speaking of the featured images thing, I, I had written this down because I, I I was thinking this interesting. You'd think on a publication that if there's a featured image that you'd have established long ago, like, okay, they are 1600 by 800 or something. Oh yeah. And that's the yeah. size, right? Wouldn't that be the, the, that the proper be a way dream to do it? world? Yep. Yep. But we didn't, and I almost didn't on purpose instead, because there's like what five at least places that the featured image is used. Like mm-hmm. if you go to CSS Tricks and it's the first latest article published, there's a special treatment for that image. It kind of like fade-y. fades into the text yeah. kind of thing. Then lower, you can see images that are they're all kind of the same size. You know, it's like a rectangle like, on top yeah, of the like card. Playing card kind of. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and it half. gets it gets smurfed into the social media image as well. And it's used in, in at a few other areas, right? But all of those were coded and designed such that it literally doesn't matter the size of the image that you give oh, okay. it. Okay. Okay. And it had me thinking about design and programming in such in a way that, like, I think it was kind of cool in a way. Oh no! Another one is you click onto the article; it's like used behind the header. Right, right. In I've a way. Yeah, kind of. And every one of those was designed such that, it, you know, it uses minimum sizes and maximum sizes and has like uh, gradients that lay over it that make sure mm-hmm. that they touch the edges such that you'll never see the edge of the image and, and all that stuff. I think it's kind of cool. And the end result of that is finally I get to explain to somebody, they're like, oh, what size should that image be? I'm like, oh, whatever. Just put whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever. That probably doesn't like, that doesn't. I don't know. I imagine that that goes like a lead balloon, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you're like, <laughs> what do you mean, whatever? whatever? You know. So I probably won't even say that. I'll probably be like, oh, I don't know, use 1600 by by 800 or whatever, because that'll work fine. But it literally is designed to be really flexible, and that's a you know that's where design meets programming in a way. Yeah, and you yeah. can write code that's that way too. Like you know. What is the, isn't there some old principle like, you know, liberal, be liberal in what you accept and strict in what you output? And conservative in what you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, ooh, I know that one. Is that Tesla's law? Mm. Let me go. I mean, I have a list of those on my site, but eponymous laws of time. Yeah. I was going to throw that one at you and be like, have you ever, I don't know, thought of that or intentionally coded something to be extra liberal in what it accepts? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, we're we're kind of dealing with that in open UI, you know, like like your mm. your spicy sections kind of have to accept quite Whatever. a bit of junk, you know, and like yeah. or like 
or how liberal are you in what you accept, you know? And, and we kind of had to go one direction and then kind of back it up. But, um, but, you know, HTML in general is, is pretty liberal in what it accepts. And then if it, in CSS too, it's just like, you can type anything. And if I don't understand it, I just don't do it, you know, which is pretty cool. Like that's actually the coolest feature of CSS. It, it, unfortunately, CSS will also just bomb out if you forget a semicolon, but whatever. <laughs> it just like stops processing. It's just like, cool, you must have been done. Um, uh, and HTML will like just put everything in the same image tag if you forget to close an image tag. So, I remember that. Remember, we did the video on the, the select menu too, and that thing will <laughs> miraculously take whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll take whatever. And, and um, uh, Patrick Brossett, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He had, he has like a, kind of the mother of all demos on that, right? And it is. <laughs> yeah, though, you mean the emoji one? The emoji one? You like open it and there's like a thousand emoji. First um, of all, the menu itself is a circle somehow. That <laughs> Yeah. I, how? You know, exactly. I didn't know we could do circles in HTML, but he figured it out. Um, you know, I was just on Ben Meyer's uh, semantics live stream talking about some of this stuff, but like they they've solved a lot of Microsoft problems and GitHub problems and stuff, just like very common UI components there. Um, and uh, like that one, you know, you can actually add more divs and via slots and stuff like that. But, but they've really like kind of come up with this, you know, way of like, it will just, you can chuck stuff in here and we'll accept it and we'll try to render it, you know, best we can. Now there's, I think a conversation of like, we should probably not allow everything. So like what, what is on the unallowed list, you know? So I think they're trying to figure that out. But, yeah. It was early um, days, but yeah, I could see how that is very strong in HTML like concept. Maybe not so much CSS or JavaScript, but oh, here Postel's law is what it is: be conservative in what you do and be liberal in what you accept from others. So, and that's like what TCP/IP and everything is based on. It's like you yeah. can post as much data as you want. You accept all this stuff, but you only do a certain amount of things. So it's funny how it that you could stretch that to you know to user experience. You could stretch it to your own life, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's very close to the Unix philosophy of like write programs that do one thing and do it well, you know, Mm. I don't know if you've ever looked at the Unix philosophy, but it's pretty cool. Um, it's like 10 principles or something, but that's just that. What do they call that in in any programming, a a function that it's like immutable or something that, that can't possibly output something different depending on the input there's oh. a special name for that isn't there oh is it just like i don't i can't think of it offhand but sure <laughs> yeah i just think the, the inside the function that it doesn't you know it doesn't call some external api or something that who knows what it will return so you can't yeah. really test it because any on any given day the output might be different I don't think it's immutable, but it's something like that. Yeah, but I, th- I think it's just this idea it's too. Functional, like it's functional. Functional or like, yeah. It's just the idea of like your program should just do one thing really well. And if you're like adding all these flags and all these other things to it, maybe it's a whole other program. And, you know, that could kind of go into software philosophy. Like you're, 
you know, like, are you, or business philosophy, like, is your business trying to do too many things or Chris Coyer is Chris Coyer <laughs> trying to, trying do too to many run things? code yes. pen, yeah. run CSS tricks and <laughs> do a, a, a award-winning podcast. Yes, he is. So like maybe <laughs> he needs to, have we won an award? I bet we, we won one award. I think. We won one award. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. .net, uh, 2009. <laughs> 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 .net magazine. Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace. Best podcast. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think you've like, I think it's just that stuff is like, maybe you, if you add too much, if you're doing too much with your application, but I'm also extending it to your life. Like maybe you need, maybe that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other job, whole other business, whole other person or something. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I saw a, um, Mr. Eric Portis always has his finger on the the pulse of some weird stuff. Yeah, he must he must have a different internet than I do because he finds <laughs> the coolest stuff. Anyway. Yeah, truly, right? You know, like, where did you what what did you subscribe to to get that link? But it was the WCAG, right? Has had a, a explainer document drop the other day. I guess it wasn't the other day. It was looks like a couple months ago, based on the date stamp. But really hadn't seen this. But it was an attribute. You know, the hidden attribute in in HTML. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think people use it a lot, a lot because there's um, <laughs> there's a great Monica Dinkalescu uh, article on her website that's called "Hidden is a Lie." <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is it's only like three paragraphs long, but it's it explains why it's kind of not a good idea to use as a um because the 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 user agent style sheet that makes hidden work is basically just like attribute hidden yes display none yeah and yeah. that can be overridden by like anything <laughs> display block yeah totally yeah, yeah like so a it's not a super good selector. idea to use hidden as an attribute for whether it really is hidden or not she suggests a fix uh which is to actually put the attribute selector in your style sheet and put display none important so it actually is that's what i do that's what i do trustable oh yeah yeah that's and cool. also like the random browser that doesn't have it you know you're gonna have to yeah it'll be problematic so. for other reasons perhaps but Okay, hidden attribute. Probably don't use it a lot, but maybe if you, but, but, but maybe. You add hidden, it display nuns it, and disappears it from the page. Yeah, and, and there the is some like tree. DOM clarity of that, right? At least you didn't have to make a class. Some, I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it. That's not where we're going with this. It's going to, rather than being a Boolean attribute, like it's either there or it's not, there's going to be an alternate value for it called until found. So hidden equals until found. Which is seems like a super joke to me. Like, what? <laughs> what? And the point of it is even weirder. I don't even know what the exact point of it is, but here's how it works. Like, let's say you do a find on page mm -hmm. for some text, like abracadabra. If the browser discovers some text in the DOM that says abracadabra, but it has this hidden until found attribute on it, it just disappears the hidden attribute then. Meaning that it just becomes it becomes visible then. Yeah. So I don't know what the use case is. There's some accessibility thing or some some use case that they unlock with this ability. But for the most part, I look at it and be like, is this just like for just for tricks? <laughs> sort of. Well, it actually kind of factors in the spicy sections. It uh, does what? 
Because if you're searching for content that's on the tab three and tab three is hidden, wouldn't it be cool uh, to just reveal tab three yeah. and pop it open mm. if, or whatever, accordion 12, you know, like. I didn't like, think of that. That's pretty if cool. If you wanted to find that content on the page because it exists or maybe you were looking at it and then all of a sudden it disappeared. Like, oh, where was wow. Abracadabra? Uh, so I think there's use cases for it. Um, okay. Okay. Cause you could still control the hidden attribute through JavaScript anyway. So you're still toggling that class. If somebody clicks to open it, you can also unhide it, but you're yeah. just saying it'll also unhide it with a, with a find in browser. Oh, that's actually super clever. <laughs> so Damn, but uh, yeah, I love I it mean, now. <laughs> well, and it just could turn into, I don't know, these sort of superpowered UIs. But but again, I, th- this may be one thing you actually, hopefully, spicy sections lands before you need to use this, you know? Oh, I see. Or which one would you want to land first? Wouldn't you want this to land first? So that's Well, yeah, I think this has to land. But like, I, I just, I don't think you want to author this stuff. I don't think you want to be like, okay, let me, when I'm authoring, let me think about whether or not somebody has to search this text in here. You know, I, I feel like you shouldn't have to worry about that. It should just be part of a control you know does details Um, work like that does it auto open if probably not probably not so i I think in Mm. this that situation details could be switched to until found you know what else they should do just to complicate this even more is that do it i have this on a blog post where there's a details in a details yeah and you can link like I can make the details have an ID and I can link down to the details. It doesn't just automatically open it, but wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. If you if you targeted it and then it opened up that details, that'd be cool. But let's say that doesn't exist. But let's say I give a details within the details an ID, the jump link to it doesn't work anymore because it's mm-hmm. like it's like hidden when it's closed, which is unfortunate. So you'd have to know to open the parent to open the thing. So I kind of want to like a if I link to it or or do one of these hidden until found situations, that it doesn't just open itself, but it opens any parents that it needs to open to. Yeah. That and would I be think, super neat. I think that's kind of being talked about. We talk about an open UI quite a bit because it like with pop-ups, you know, like if you had a pop-up within a pop-up, like a drill down menu or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's got to open the parent too. Otherwise it ain't going to be visible. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you're not putting like linkable content <laughs> way down in there, but whatever you have to plan for when somebody inevitably does you know yeah um right but like but but where it maybe matters most is like focus you know like if you have to return focus 10 levels deep like what do you do you know like yeah how does that work so well now that we're on this now i need to ask you more questions right because there was a first of all there was like a zach leatherman web component, which was, I gave just like the biggest clap ever that like details utils or whatever, it adds five abilities to details. And all of them are like, yep, that sounds great. Yep. That sounds great. You know, one of them is like force it open or closed at a media query genius, Mm -hmm. you know, like a spicy section can Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Um, but there was others, you know, one of them is like change the class on the HTML element essentially when it's open or closed, meaning if you were using it for page navigation, you could like, I don't know, darken the whole background or something because you have you have styling control at a higher level than just the details element. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other ones, but they're all cool. But then uh, in his post explaining it, he was like, I just use the crap out of details. You know, like everything, yeah. like the nav for Netlify is friggin' details element, you know, like just details it up. Yeah, because like uh, Adrian Roselli had that like, like, don't do that. Link <laughs> is not a details or whatever. You have a post or, the same. Yeah, <laughs> well, mine was like, why is why details is not an accordion, you know? Um, yeah. And both of my, I felt focused on the summary element because you can't, cause it wipes out the semantics of the interactive element. But if the interactive element says user menu on it, isn't that cause and yeah. it's a button, is I mean, that like not so bad? I think it works. I, I think Adrian's point in that post specifically about like navigations was like escape on close didn't exist, uh, isn't, isn't part of details. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things Zach's things adds. Exactly. So I'm just like, well, that's pretty sweet. So it kind of fixes it. And then, but then there was, I think that has entered the developer consciousness a little bit. Thanks. Probably thanks to Adrian and you, not in a bad way, in a kind of like, be careful what you use details for. It's not a replacement for other, other types of things just because it happens to open close, you know, kind of be careful. And to the point of, I think some people being like, I'm just not going to use it for anything other than, you know, an actual disclosure widget. Right. I hope I like didn't, I maybe soured the pot a bit, like, but, but it's just, my thing was just like, you know, like details very much feels like an accordion. Why is it not? Why is it not? You know, I just was kind of going into that, but like, um, but for me, I'm just, you know, I, I think the other day somebody was like, what do you do, you know, for like that old JavaScript pattern where you, or like where you make the row of links and then you have a UL, but the link like opens the UL if JavaScript, you know, the progressive yeah, enhancement yep. mm-hmm. drop down menu thing. Hopefully I described that well enough for audio. Um, cause I was using my fingers. Oh, yeah, the fingers didn't help me. I'm <laughs> okay. afraid. So imagine okay, so. Dave doing fingers row of links and there's a giant elk in the background. Uh, there he is. Um, <laughs> okay. So you got a row of links and then like hidden ULs underneath. And, and when those links actually go to pages, but when they, the JavaScript binds or mounts, like then those links open the UL instead. Right. Yeah. So and that was always tricky. Cause it was like, do you display none the UL or do you kick it off the page with like negative left nine, 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 nine pixels or something? Cause the danger was that if they're display none, then they just won't be in the, the kind of accessible accessibility DOMs. tree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, now there's like all some other problems now. And so, yeah, the problem is if your details is closed, they're also not there. And that was Melanie's point in the discord is that like, if you are using your like screen reader machine to jump you around to links and then your main nav are links, they're not there until you right. happen to find that user menu toggle, toggle it open. And then it scooshes you onto the first link and it, it, it could be a little bit surprising. I mean, I would think that it's a learning experience and you get it once and then you're like, Oh, that's how that works. Cool. Got yeah. It. Well, that's what I like about details is like, it's a no JavaScript solution. So it's like, if JavaScript fails, well, it's part of the browser. So it's not going to fail, I guess. But yeah. like, so it's like a more tolerant, but, um, but maybe, you know, this hidden until found stuff sort of starts factoring into that, you know, maybe it becomes indexable and oh. or, or oh. 
searchable. Inert just landed in Safari. Let's talk about that. Safari 15.4. Oosh, huge, Um, right? Like that's a huge thing. So maybe now these things can be And is it reversible too? Like you chuck inert on the body when a modal is open and then un-inert a modal and then it's you got focus trap for free? Well, you would need a, a div, like a div right under body. And then, so like you need like a, a, like a content a div. div and a modal div or whatever, right? Or like a page Oh, and you kind of like side by side them. And then the page div would be inert and then your modal div would be. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so like. It, it can't work with children, unfortunately. It has to. Yeah. Well, my brain's. That's okay. I don't know. It's all new to both of us and it's in one browser now, right? But didn't Chrome drop it too? I think Chrome's got it too now. So I think we're waiting on, um, or at least like Chrome 101 or something or something like that. So Nice. That's huge, right? That's a big accessibility feature. I, I think like if when you get into keyboard traps and all that junk, like there, it, it's weird to me they were a requirement when it was so difficult to create, you know? And and I think now we finally have a tool to do that. And also we have a tool like display none. It's basically display none, but it's still displayed sort of (laughs) is, is kind of a good way to look at it. It like pops it off the like accessibility tree, but it still renders, which is kind of like an important distinction. So like your hamburger menu will still render or like your off panel, off screen canvas panel menu or whatever will like still be rendered so that you can animate it in, you know? Yeah. So there, there's just so many, I don't know. Oh, I, oof, yeah. Cause animation doesn't like the display. Hidden. Yeah. Like if you do, if you try to animate with display none, it'll just show it. So yeah. It just, Remember that was always like, why does, but it does work with visibility. Remember how visibility is like somehow extra tolerant towards those behaviors for some reason. I would would read a blog post on like when to use visibility because I literally have like deleted it from my brain. (laughs) Cause I just don't, when do you want it? I think the big, the biggest one is that it, if if you're not, I don't know. I, I think it's animation focused. Because okay. it's still trapped. You still can't tab to it if it's visibility invisible. But if you're going to, like, for example, animate the opacity of it, mm-hmm. you, like, never use display because you just can't. So you just visibility hidden it instead. But then it doesn't remove it from the flow? Or does it? I yeah, think. yeah. So it'll be like a block in the middle of your page if it's visibility hidden or whatever. Right. But that also gives you the opportunity to then animate, like, its height it has or something. Height. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I would read a blog post on why to when visibility hidden actually is okay. I'm sure I've written it. I just <laughs> forgot it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, okay. That's a lot. That's a lot of hot drops. That was, yeah, no. This this anyway, this Zach Weatherman details utils is pretty cool. So I it think it is cool. It does some of the stuff that Spicy Sections does, but, you know. I would um, put it in your talk because I think it's one of the coolest web component ideas I've seen. All right. I'm reworking the talk now, so I'll do it. (laughs) I just think it's like what a genius idea to extend. It'd almost be cool to like not – I don't Actually, I'm going to stop on my opinions. Yeah. Well, I think like it's – 
you know, just the escape on clothes, for example, right? Like, I, you just don't want to write the JavaScript. No one wants to write the JavaScript. Just not, let's just import this little extender. No. What I mean is, like, is it better to replace an element and slot crap in, or is it better to wrap an existing element and leave the light DOM in place or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some progressive enhancement you get if if you, you know, like, just whatever. If, like, the util, if the details is still there, it still works like a details, you know, but um, it's a little bit of progressive enhancement. All right, man. All right, we'll power it down. Uh, well, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast. Just be sure to start hard, figure it up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show for tens of 16 tweets a month. Uh, and hey, we got uh, the vanity URL came through, babies. So youtube.com slash shop talk show. That's it. That's it. That's it, babies. Just go Thanks to there. Thanks for nobody squatting on it. Appreciate like, it. Yeah. yeah, that could have gone real bad. So like and subscribe that uh, and don't sign up for the weird marketing conference. That is also called shop talk. Uh, and then, um, yeah, join us over in the d- 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 discord, patreon.com slash shop talk show. And uh, if you want to buy my blog, it's like, three billion dollars but just mm-hmm. stop by and you send an email and then chris you got anything else you want to say <gasps> shop.show.com <laughs>